Kia ora. Welcome to another deep dive here on the podcast and I'm really pumped to share this conversation with you all today. I got to sit down with my man Coach Suns, who is one of, if not the best, uh, strength and conditioning coaches here in New Zealand. He's worked with some of New Zealand's top athletes. I'm talking Israel Arasanya, uh, the All Whites, Sonny Bill Williams, Thomas Abercrombie, um, and that's just to name a few. And in this episode, we got to sit down and hear his journey. We talked about um, the resilience that he had to build through his upbringing um, in South Africa, and then eventually his move into New Zealand and into the sports and conditioning arena, and the high performance arena. And we talked about mental toughness, how to develop that character and um, that strength of purpose, um, and just his unique mindset when it comes to working not just with athletes, but just life in general. How to chase after your goals, how to stay hungry and driven, what it takes sometimes in, in our world. So this one is full of gems, full of really, really good yarns, and I'm really excited to share the unique mindset into one of New Zealand's top coaches. So I hope you really enjoy this one with Coach Suns. Nah, bro, um, I appreciate you giving up your Friday night, though, bro. I mean, it is, like you're saying, it's busy season, eh? Um, you know, I I keep having this conversation with some, uh, who is it? Um, one of one of my athletes, and I go, they go, ah, oh, normal people. I'm going to call them normal people. Yeah, yeah. So I look forward to a Friday. I look forward to the weekend. But I'm working seven days a week. So <laughs> yeah. No, no Friday or so. I don't mind being on here on a Friday. It's just another day for me. Yeah, I, true. What's the day? What's the week in the life of, of what you do, bro? Oh, just pretty much every day is the same in regards to get up and go mm. and help somebody else. Mm. Um, you know, it's obviously working across different sporting codes. So that keeps things exciting and interesting, but the goal is the same. There's no different in regard to what I'm doing with football or netball or rugby or athletics. Um, there's no different in regards to the end goal. Mm-mm-mm. Well, how do you, how is that? maintainable bro because i mean everyone has their has their limit if you're on if you're go 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 seven days what are you doing to kind of balance and reset yourself bro i guess the way i've established myself and work uh for a lot of people when they say you know seven days and working like how where's the rest but i guess for me it's just when i'm with my athletes or when i'm with the work it's it's very much for me like family time because mm-hmm. normally people when they want to get away from work they go to their family or friends and stuff so my yeah. athletes are my friends and my family so it's no real pressure of of like work if that if i put it like that yeah so i'm never that much but yes i get tired mm. i get tired from going back and forth and then i'll just probably take like maybe sometimes a morning like I won't start very early. I'll start maybe like nine or 10 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, for me, that's okay. And then I'll get a random evening in the week that I may finish early and I do so. And all I need to do is just sit and chill and talk to my, well, if I don't, if I don't come home, I'll sometimes go to my sister's place and then my nephew is there and stuff. So we just chill yeah. and carry on. So yeah. yeah, there's nothing nothing more to it and like we were just saying it's trying to find time that i can go fishing yeah yeah. that's one of the things i like to do so yeah but i really enjoy 
uh, working and, and helping these uh, people that I do because I've been in their shoes before. So Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny, man, because, I mean, for me, I'm a teacher. And um, I used to do. I used to do some coaching, more, uh, more like teenagers or kids, um, in terms of sport. But having that balance of friendship versus I'm your coach and I'm going to push you right now. You're probably going to hate me right now. <laughs> I, get, I bet you you have yeah. those days where it's, um, yeah, you've got to pull one string harder than the other. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I establish that role very early on in the relationship mm, mm. that I'm your coach. But we can only work together if we're friends. That's awesome. So yeah, there's there's no hard feelings because at the end of the day, athletes need to know our jobs are there to help them. Mm. So as much as sometimes you don't want to hear the things you hear, we're trying to help you. So uh, yeah, we 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 know when it's time to work. We know when it's time to have a guess. Mm. Mm. Yeah, now it's important. Eh? Otherwise, you know, burnout's a very real word. Eh. Thrown around sometimes too much, but it's... Yeah, it's definitely thrown around too much. I mean, some people use it as an excuse. And today, so I have like look, hundreds and hundreds of group chats where they'd be... Oh, bro. Are you in WhatsApp, bro? Oh, everywhere. Pinging off, eh? <laughs> oh, because got, you got one group of athletes there and you got one team over there and another team over there. And <laughs> we're talking in my athletics group and... You know, there's always complaints about uh, shoe technology and science and this and that. And yeah. I'm like, the bottom line is we've got too many lazy people today and they just want it now. Yeah, yeah. Like, forget all this technology and stuff. Like, I'll just go back to my father's days of doing athletics and they still, back in the 70s and early 80s and stuff, they ran times faster than most people are doing today, even in the professional scene. Mm-hmm. And they had no science no uh technology to develop shoes they were using the heaviest non-supportive shoe and <laughs> yeah. carrying on but what they had was you know that hunger and and desire and just really understand you can't do without hard work mm. Mm. you have all the talent all the technology in the world all the science and then you bring all these pieces in so it's almost like a scapegoat for people. They got all these things, then they go, well, if, it, if I mess up, I'm going to point my finger. It was on step one and four. <laughs> but yeah. back then, it was just one. Yeah. Get up, put your damn shoes on and go. Yeah, yeah. End of story. And, but the thing is, bro, I mean, like, I, I'm a teacher. So I'm hmm. seeing the result of that, even from parenting, you know, no, no offense or maybe, but... um. You know, it's so bubble wrapped at the moment, bro. Kids are so bubble wrapped. It's starting there. And I'll, it's an interesting point you make because, I mean, what we're in the environment these days, eh, where everything's now, now. I want food now. Yeah. I want this now. now. And uh, everyone's uh, got all these words and terms for about, like we're talking about burnout. And yes, it's a very real thing. But I had a seven-year-old kid in uh, that I have little kids sometimes I work with comes and tells me my Achilles are a bit tight at the minute. So I'm like, in my head, I, I listen to the kid. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, look, at the end of the day, you do as much as you can. And when you feel it's getting sore, you just relax and come back in. Mm. But I'm going, I never knew what Achilles was when I was seven. <laughs> Neither did I, bro. <laughs> and, uh, and, and again, with my athletics group, because I find like with athletics and fighting especially, you can be very real with this group. Mm. Uh, well, 
I guess I'm not going to put it to everyone. It's just I'm very real with the people I work with. Yeah. And I'm not, co- I, I'm not, not afraid to tell somebody like, that was shit. Mm. That was rubbish. Mm. You know, end of story, you're not good enough. Yeah. You've got to go do some work. And <laughs> I, I was we're having a conversation at the track and I go, nah, that is shit. Go, <laughs> yeah. And I go, well, it saves me from saying, well, your times at the moment is not good enough and it's not up to standard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just blunt, bro. Blunt and to the point. And I'm not trying to be mean. What I'm saying is right now, let me show you how we can be better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, people are, I'm, I'm not saying go and just start hammering people. No, mm. don't, don't do that because it becomes uh, less effective. It's like when you keep telling somebody how good they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just sometimes don't feel shy to just be like, look, that's not good enough. Mm. Yeah. That, that performance is not good enough. Because I think, and I'm not just talking the sport arena. You can apply that anywhere. People are used mm. to hearing what they want to hear. Hey, mm. you know, hundred percent. Like you know, I always say where, wherever you work, if I'm a dishwashing hand, I'm gonna be the best dishwashing hand there was there in the world. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not limiting myself. I want to be the best dishwasher in NZ. I'm gonna be the best dishwashing hand in the world. But the problem is, people don't understand the task at hand and what they're trying to do. Mm. You know, a lot of people I understand are. Uh, just buying their time in a job, mm. uh, buying their time to the next best best thing. Mm. And they're perfectly fine. Mm. But you're creating bad habits if you're not putting everything into the task at hand because mm. you can only lead to the next best moment if you do your best in the current moment. 100%. Yeah. And, so, and, you, and we, get the, we become the masters of creating shortcuts for ourselves, eh? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we're, we're so quick to... How do I do this the easiest, the quickest, mm. you know, like, and, and it does create bad momentum, bad rhythm, bad right. routine. And, and then there's always shortfall mm. for shortcut. There's shortfall, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> so it goes hand in hand. Right. You can't, you can't uh, leave out the hard work and, and that long path to success and, and remembering that, you know, it's not just a linear path. Mm-hmm. Undulating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and but I'm curious, bro, where that comes from um, for you in terms of that mindset. Because I mean, look, you've had the opportunities to work with some of the you know best athletes you know in New Zealand or even internationally. But behind every athlete is is his team, is his his coaching, his 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 circle, um, and that's why I want to know about you, bro, being in and a part of that environment. So you have this mindset, but what, from where you know? Today, yeah, I, overnight I, or, you know? Yeah, no, for me, it, it comes from my upbringing back home in South Africa. And we, we came Which from part? a... Durban. Durban. I, yeah. yeah, so we didn't, we didn't come from a wealthy family and stuff. So we, we were on that low socioeconomic group and in the areas that we were living, it was not the best. Facilities were not the best. So your only way out was to make it through either education or sport. Mm. And we went through some tough times, like, you know, food from like obviously trying to figure out going fishing for a week with your old man because you're either getting food for the house and then you're picking uh fruits from the tree and then you're selling it on the side of the road mm. uh, so doing all of that as a kid and and even all the way up until a teenager because i only got you when i was 17 mm. uh, yeah just thought me that and i guess it's more for my parents that there's always light at the end of the tunnel, but you cannot take your foot off the pedal. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, if you if you drive a car up a hill and decide the hill's too steep and you 
just take your foot off just a little bit, slowly start releasing, slowly start releasing that accelerator pedal. What happens to the car? It's going to come to a stop. Yeah, yeah, you got us. Yeah, yeah and, and then no one else is going to help you. And back home, it's you know, it's a doggy dog world. You survival of the fittest. Mm. Uh, we don't have such uh, great support structures like they have here in New Zealand. Mm. Uh, in, in regards to the government helping with like funding, and if you don't have a job, etc., mm. you got to figure it out yourself. And as a kid, you know, we never had those brand clothing, and we lived off hand-me-downs, and we. They used to do these like secondhand big massive bales of clothes that come from China. Yeah, they yeah. Off, yeah, they come off the ship and you go and fight and figure out which clothes and you go look at what clothes can fit you. Yeah. You take those and then you try and take the others and you go and sell it. Yeah, 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 yeah. For so, for you, bro, like I've got some good mates that are in New Zealand but from SA. Mm-hmm. And and you know, everyone's journey and story is different and, and, and similar in, in ways. Um have you been back? I've been the first time I went back to South Africa when I got here was nine years later. So I got here 2001. I, uh, so I went back 2009 and changed a lot of change in terms of like it's it was getting hectic, like systems were all corrupt, etc. Poverty was gone even worse. Right. And then I went back a few more times after that, and I didn't for a while. And then I went in 2017 with the New Zealand powerlifting team. Yeah, because uh, I was coaching a few athletes on that team, so we were. In, so it's good that I got to go back, and the Commonwealths were held in South Africa, so it made sense for me to go back. Um, mm. Yeah, went back, and again, you could still see this, you know, such a divide with yeah. the rich being hella rich, and then the poor just even worse. Yeah, but you know, even though that's the case, they're still smiling. Mm. Mm. They're still smiling in their struggles. So um, I guess for me, that was, it's always a reminder that I was there. Yeah. I was smiling through the struggle, even though sometimes underneath the smiles, you could see this, you, nobody could see the screams, but yeah, it's a good reminder to be like, man, if you can get through that, yeah. nothing, nothing's going to phase you, but you have to stay aware in everything you do, you know, whether it's work or, or life, just so that, when another situation of similar nature arises, mm. you know how to deal with it because mm. you're aware. Yeah, well, I mean, I know I've had the privilege to do work um, over in like Cambodia, Vanuatu, mm. places like that, and yeah. um, and develop you know real strong um, connections with the communities there and awesome stuff, right? But you're right, man. This I, I would argue that they were happier than I was, you know, mm. and I. Mm. I had, you know, a roof over my head. I had a job. Yeah. I had um, yeah. clothes. I had what I needed. Yeah. And I'm getting upset about stupid crap. And yeah, then, you know, like, like it's from, just. You know, all of us in the family here, in terms of, you know, my mother, my father, my sisters, myself, we all have, you know, our own cars. Back home, we never had one. Mm, mm. So <laughs> it was like, you know, little things like that. Um that, that you go, man, like, look at us, we're driving our own vehicles. You, know, you, you just sometimes just lavishly buying stuff and not <laughs> yeah. even thinking about it. Yeah. Whereas back then you'd never do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm still to the day, like, I never match. I never coordinate my clothes. I never do because I was never brought up in that. Don't worry, bro. I feel you, man. I'm from Whangamata. Yeah. So I used to rock up to like yeah. events with stripes on, on checkers and people used to call me out. 
Right. I'm with and, you, bro. I went to the gym, uh, you know, as a, obviously as a trainer, and I go in, and the trainers are like, "Oh, you need to do this. You need to look this way." And I'm like, "You're more worried about the way you look. That's why your training is shit." <laughs> yeah. You know, and 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 I think from then, either people liked me or didn't. But I was just straight up like, "Look, that's that's irrelevant mm. to what I do." Well, you touch on something really important, bro, because obviously. You know, I'm asking where this where this kind of drive comes from. It's this this these experiences that develop resilience, you know. But at the same time, that whole idea of caring. Actually, even how this podcast started a year ago, yeah. didn't want to start it because I was scared about what the you know what the guys would think. You know what I mean? And I remember just waking up one morning and going, "Who the hell cares, bro? Let's do it." You know. But you're right. People got to overcome that, eh? Yeah, you gotta you gotta you're only gonna know until you take that first step. Uh, you know, it's it's like you know the, the the typical thing with your boys and back in high school. You're like, you're gonna go speak to this girl. You're like, no, nah, I can't do it. Yeah. But you look at the end of the day, if you tell yourself you got either two options, yes or no. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> and just carry on. It's okay if you get the no. It's great if you get the yes. Mm. You know. Uh, but yeah, you in life, you just you just gotta go for it. Like if you really truly believe in what you wanna do. Mm. And go for it and, and, and stop worrying about what other people think. Mm. As long as it makes you happy and you're not being hurtful and you're not harming other people, mm. there's nothing, nothing else to be worried because this, you've got one life, right? Mm. You don't want your dreams to be in the graveyard. Right. You know, there's, still, there's so many people, there's so many dreams and inventions. We don't even know because they're buried six feet down the ground because nobody wanted to step forward. 100%, man. So... Yeah, it's it's about you know when you when you go as well. For me, I always say when I go, what what you know what would you say about me? Like, what do you know about me? What do the people I see every day? What are they gonna say? What was Suns? Mm. You know what what character was he? What do we know him for? Mm. So for me, I'm all about this legacy mm. and, and and what I'm gonna leave behind and how I want to leave it behind. So, so yeah. what's what's your ceiling in the sense of how high up is it? Oh, look. I'll I'm not talking this. literally uh, five meters too. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, nah, look, me, there's no ceiling. Yeah. Uh, for me, because I don't like ceilings because it's almost like an end point. Mm. And I see no end point. Mm. You know, the world's your oyster and stuff. Just boom. You can be as, as big as you like or as small as you want. Mm. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm just going to keep shooting. Yeah, man. Because I always, our physio, our physiotherapist at the football club, maybe about two years, three years ago, he asked me, so what do you, you know, what do you want to do with what you're doing? I want to be the boss of the world in SNC. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, oh, wow. I go, yeah, I want to be the boss of the world in SNC. Like, I'm not going to limit myself to just NZ. Mm. Like, why, why am I going to do that? And some people will say, oh, that's arrogant or that's cocky or, but I'm not harming anybody. I'm just saying I got my sights set bigger, you know? Mm. Mm. Uh, I want to help everyone that I can in this country. Mm. But also want to help people outside this place. Yeah, but here, but here's what I'm hearing too, bro. Is I'm hearing, you know, you want to be the best at what you're doing, which is mm. what I guess we all want to strive for. I remember the other day I had a bit of a tricky one at work, and I remember going, "Nah, I am a bloody good teacher," you know. Yeah. But at the same time, you're saying things like, "I want to help people," you know, "I want to help these guys do what they do." So there's yeah. there's that as well, you know. So for me, it's. Because, you know, my old man and myself, especially with sport back in South Africa, you know, we never really had the help. Mm. So 
and now that I have the knowledge, you know, the academic knowledge plus the experimental knowledge of taking that science and putting it in the field, I'm like, man, if I only had this for me, mm. I'd be retired now. Yeah. A retired professional athlete. Yeah, yeah. But I guess we all have our parts. We all have our destinies. So I'm now using what I've, what I've gained over these years and what life has taught me to instill into these um, athletes because at the end of the day, to see them achieve their goals makes me happy because I'm always like living in that, you know, that, 13, 14 year old sons that was like, mm. oh, I want to be in a stadium. I want to hear the crowd go. I want to be in this massive place. Now I get to do it as a coach. Yeah. So I'm still winning, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because it's not always the way you might have envisioned it, right? Because that yeah, was that's what I was going to ask you. Because I mean, the, there was a point where this mindset, because I could have applied your mindset to anything, to entrepreneurship, to teaching, to politics whatever but somehow yours has collided with the world of sport you know mm. how did that did that happen just from being a kid just yeah, loving it i love my okay, my father used to uh, like run professionally played football professionally he had a pro boxing fight and he did gymnastics so that was some big shoes to fill yeah and so i came up in south africa playing football volleyball cricket and did athletics road running and track as well um and then came over to nz but for me, football and athletics was more my where I could see I was going. And, you know, at, at a young age, I started getting pulled into uh, like senior teams at 13. I had interest from like Super League teams in back in South Africa. And I was not the most technical player. When I look at the players we have in this country, mm-hmm. oh my Lord, they are so much more better than I was. <laughs> yeah. but, but what I see sometimes is they don't have that, 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 that passion to to not lose. Mm. And, and, and in every aspect, I do not want to lose a pass. Mm. I mm. do not want to do a bad pass. I do not want to, to lose a tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about winning and making every single thing of every moment of the game. Mm. That's the difference. Doing all of that will bring the silverware in the end. Mm. But I'm just someone that was, I had an engine on me. And all I could do was defend. Like offensively, I was not tricky and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. like if I had to play basketball, you're asking me to be off. Nah, I can defend because that's easy for me. Yeah. But I was more someone, I was the grafter. Mm. I was the grafter of the team. It's like, you know, in, in NFL, you got the quarterbacks that take all the shine. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Everyone else, you know, don't get it. Um in basketball, you got the three pointers. They get all the shine. And- but you're in there. You're in there. Um, sitting screens on, dudes, bro. Sitting screens all day. We're doing the dirt and the paint. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> that's us. But bro, that's I, so good. I understood my role. Hmm. I understood my role, and I did my role to the best that I could. You know, my job was to get the ball. Yeah. Control the ball and pass the ball. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, <laughs> bro. You remind me of um, I I did did one of these with the guy Ben Sigmund. I don't know if you know him. He used to play Wellington. Yeah. He yeah. said the same things, bro. He's like, mate, I couldn't I couldn't hit the side of a barn door at times, but I knew my role. It just it remind me of the same mindset. But it's true because oh. what you're saying is you knew your role and you did it. I wonder how many of us fail, and and and, and especially in the sporting arena because we try to do what we're not meant to. You know. Right, you want to try and do everything, and sometimes yes, you want to help, but how about just focus on your job? Mm. You know, lead and do your job so well that it's infectious. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's a snowball effect to the next person. 
So yeah, so for me, that, that's where it all started. And a few massive knee injuries put me out and I figured out my knees were not going to hold, hold on with reconstructions. And yeah, I just went down the study path and, you know, I had ideas of being a surgeon as well. And but I'm too sporty and I couldn't see myself sitting in a hospital. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, then early 2000s, uh, sports science was getting a lot of light, especially on ESPN. Yeah, yeah, you it know, was. The, the, the sports science show. And I'm like, yo, this is interesting. And biomechanics really interests me. Like that, because I can apply that quite. And what I do in the gym and on the field, I just analyze movement. Mm. At everything that I was seeing, and I'm like, yo, this is either a gift or something like I'm from an X-Men or something because I can just see things <laughs> unfolding yeah. and, I know how, and I know how to change it. So I decided, right, that's it. I'm going to go see where I can study the sports science thing mm. and didn't know what's going on. So I searched and yeah, so, you know, Auckland University and the AUT and went down those routes and yeah. And that's where you, so you went Auckland or AUT or both? AUT. AUT. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I finished off AUT with postgrad as well. And AUT, unreal. Like the lecturers and the professors there, all the researchers within sports science are pretty switched on. I wonder if you had Simon. Um, what's his last name? Welsh guy. Simon? Welsh guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had him. Yeah, he's my, he was my footy coach a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Poo Hoy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I had, I had Simon in my early, early years. Funny. Um, he was there. And then, uh, yeah, but all the sports science researchers and professors and quite switched on and very helpful, mm. very helpful. And, they, and, and the way they run their program uh, is well. And then uh, how they handle student athletes, you know, like Bruce Meyer, he's in charge of all the student athletes and he's probably one of the most supportive people. And I see him a little bit like with the same in regards to how passionate he is about, you know, sport and student athlete sort of life. Mm. So yeah, that that's how it all happened. And then, Fast forward all these years later, and here we are. I just kept to my guns and yeah. just continued pushing through. Here we are, and 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 the th- cool thing is, I think I saw, I saw you post something, bro. Your gram is crack up, um, <laughs> but you posted something the other day, and it was like, "Mama, we made it." You know, I can't yeah. remember what it was you're on, but it's it's cool because it all comes back to that thing of, you know what? I'm gonna grind. I'm gonna work hard. Yeah, and I'm gonna um, not have a ceiling. It, and- it was. Um, E.T., Eric the Hip Hop Preacher. Yeah. It was uh, on one of his videos that he put a video together and it was obviously me and Israel in, in the video. So I was like, Mom, we made it. <laughs> yeah, <we're laughs> you know, on. Yeah, because when E.T. When e. came big on the scene and stuff, I used to listen to him and I still listen to E.T., Inky Johnson, all these people. I still, I still listen to them on my way when I'm driving to work, I listen to them. Uh, purely because that, that stuff just gets me words. I listen to words. Mm. When people talk, I'm listening to words because your words are a direct or a direct connection to what's happening here. Because sometimes people say something, oh, I didn't mean it. No, but you actually do. Because yeah. that's the first thing that came out of your mouth. Yeah. I listen to words and sometimes some things they say just triggers you. Mm. And then you go, oh, shit, I need to do this. Mm. Because uh, sometimes you can get caught in a lapse, and then hundred percent. Yeah, so yeah, hundred percent. So I, I did that, and then yeah, I'm all, I'm always going to be striving to that goal. Is like you know, got to take care of the family, and yeah. Well, even friends. even on that note, I mean, of people you're looking up to in in the CNS world, not even in that world, anywhere in general, mm. are there people that are standouts? In the whole strength and conditioning, 
Not just there, bro. I'm just talking in general. Oh, in general. Ooh. Yes. You know what I mean? People the like- dudes that for you, because obviously you were, you, you know, I remember when I emailed you and I was like, yo, are you keen? You're like, bro, if it's one person or whatever, I'm in, you know, if I help somebody, you know. But for yeah. you, there must be people that you are receiving as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, who do I? This is a hard one. Um, <laughs> it could even be a collection. And I think it would be, eh? Yeah, like, I've got so many different, you know, things that I, I just watch and I see and I hear and I go, okay, I want that. I want that in regards to, but everything's going back to like that 13 year old or 10 year old sons that goes, that one thing, I just want to live comfortably. Mm. Mm. Right. And when it comes down to my job now where I want to help people and, and helping people enable me to live comfortably. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and no, I just, you know, it, it can be a random, it could be any, any, anybody it doesn't have to be, I don't know, anybody famous or anything, but 100%. I'm always someone that I'll take something. If I hear it and it clicks with me, mm. I'll take it, mm. but I don't get, and it's bad. Because, well, I don't know if it's bad. I don't think it's bad, but when people go, Oh, who's who's the S and C's you look up to? I look up to me. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I, I I don't like go and follow an S and C coach and go doing. This. I'm creating my own methods, my own legacies. I'm telling my own story. Yeah, and it's not a disrespect to anybody. Mm. There's great S and C coaches out there, 100 percent there. Mm. But I'm always to the point of like I'm ahead of the pack. Yeah, and I'm gonna keep working so nobody catches me yeah but man. i want and, and and by saying that i want you to go oh okay it's on let's I'm go yeah yeah no, let's let's go so for me that's how i view it but not in a disrespectful way 100 um, that's I funny i'm it. the same i'm the same bro when if someone says oh now you won't oh yeah. bro yeah, yeah exactly. all right <laughs> let's do it <laughs> exactly so for me it's I just keep true to my guns and I've been doing the same thing I've been doing year after year. Mm. And it seems to be working touch wood. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 What do you uh, think if you were, if you were having dinner, bro, with mm. your 13 year old or 12 year old self and then your 60 year old yeah. self and you now, what do you think that conversation yeah. would be like? So all three of us at the table. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, the, the young, the young 10 year old sons, we got a 16 year old sons, and we got 60 year old sons sitting at the table. Yeah, bro. Uh, I think the conversation will be exactly like how we started, how we started this conversation about chasing and going for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the old sons will be telling you to go for it. Yeah. You know, really go for it. That 16 year old one was already a man. He was a man at the time he was 13. So, I, I don't have that part of my life where that rebellious teenage years. Um, I was never that because we were just trying to survive. Mm. <laughs> so for me, you you were manned up at 11 and 12. So you had to mature real quick. You had to do things for the house and think mm. 10 years ahead at 11. Mm. You know, this is what I got to do. I got to go to university. I got to finish. I got to get a job. I got to take care of the family. Yeah, and I think people, people, a lot of people wouldn't be able to relate to the fact that, I mean, almost that loss of innocence at such a young age, bro. Mm. That can do things to people, you know. Yeah. So for me, like, and then go, oh, do you miss not having? I go, nope, because it's created this beast. Yeah. 
where I just go, go, go. I know how to have fun. I mean, my Instagram's all about it. Like, I don't, some people are like, oh, you should only post coaching. I'm like, nah, it's my gram. I'll do what I want. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Well, even, I, yeah, even now, man, it doesn't feel like I'm talking to someone I've never met before. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just so easy. 100% because there's, what you see with me is what you get. Mm. And this is why I don't like going to a lot of events and don't like mingling with the, the black tie tables and stuff because the conversations are fake mm. and that person's trying to screw that person over and that one's trying to do that one. And that one's trying to impress that one. Everyone's just selling their soul. Yeah. And, and I don't like it. And I tell you what, early years, I loved, I loved being in it because I thought, Oh yeah, that's it. This is the life. Yeah. Until you like figure out how many snakes and people backstab and, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I need to remove myself from this because my old man will tell me all the time. It's like, you represent your friends and your friends represent you. Yeah. So I don't want no association with that. So yeah, you are uh, the company you keep and they say that. Right. And like, I'm happy for New Zealand sailing. I'm happy for New Zealand. They got a lot of money, the economy with the sailing and stuff, but that crowd's not for me. Mm. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, don't, I didn't grow up having a boat or a yacht. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's my the demographic, the socioeconomic group. Like, I'm not saying like I'm using that against why I don't like it. It's just I was never. It was never something I did. Mm. You know, great for great for the country in regards to sailing and and the sport and what it brings to the country, mm. and, uh, all of that stuff. So, yeah, hundred percent with you, bro. I'm hundred percent with you, and I think. The other thing too is that I call it the dance, bro, where you get in deep and you get in deeper and you get in deeper and you eventually, you're not, you're, 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 you're not even you, you know? Mm, mm, mm. So like when you, when you look at all that stuff and I, I, I don't like even, you know, as much as it's fun, like snow and skiboarding, uh, skiing and snowboarding and all of that, it's, it's still not my thing because we never grew up. Yeah. doing it yeah yeah one you can't afford the damn clothes yeah. let alone the season the snowball <laughs> yeah you know? so yes now you're in a position to do it yes mm. they say oh you should go and experience it but sometimes i'm like man do i really want to be uh there's almost that that little bit of a fear like you know stepping into that circles again and i'm like nah yeah i'm just i'm just happy being incognito i live out rural mm. i'm in the bush mm. and got no neighbors etc so you could barely find me if you try to find <laughs> He's me here. Un- so. Unreachable. But uh, what? Do I, right. But the thing is, like, I've just started playing frisbee golf. Believe it or not, bro. Yeah. And it is. It is dope. Like it is. Yeah, I've seen that because one of our coaches, ex-coaches, his son plays. Uh, well, he does like ultimate frisbee and all that, and he obviously would know about this. Yeah. And I saw it on YouTube, and I was like, holy heck! Yeah. Someone said, like, that, that's cool. Yeah. That sounds cool. But the, so, the thing I love, bro, is that, I, like, the in terms of Auckland, there's not even heaps. Like, I know out at Woodhill, you know, where the mountain bike yeah. park is, there's the Woodhill Disc Golf, and that's kind of Auckland's kind of hub for it. Yeah. But it's this community, bro, of, 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 I guess you could call us athletes, not really, but, you know, this community yeah. of people, um, but the, the spirit's so different. It's welcoming. Yeah. It's come on in. Da, da, da. If, I go to, if I go to tee off down at Omaha Golf Club, I better, I better be on my game or else I'm getting snares, I'm getting sniggers, I'm getting, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, we have choices in life. Yeah. We have choices where we want to be. We have choices with what we want to do. 
So I choose where I want to go. I choose the crowd I want to hang out with and I keep my circle very small. Mm. Um, and look, there's nothing wrong. Like I say, if, if you see me in person, by saying, I, when I say I keep my circle small and tight, you'll go, oh, he must be, you know, one of those snooty people. No, but me and you are speaking now like we know each other for years. Yeah, yeah. I'll, if you, I can guarantee you, if you bump to me, into me on the street, we'll be standing there for half an hour speaking. Yeah, I won't even know your name and we'll be speaking mm. because I'm all about interactions. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm always looking at people when I'm walking. I'm like, please smile at me because I'm smiling and looking like a fool right now. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, people are awkward about this eye contact and, and so they socially awkward. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just like trying to smile and go, you know what? Hopefully someone will see them just smile. Yeah. And they'll go, Oh, that wasn't too bad. Yeah. So yeah. if they're walking past the next person, they'll smile. Yeah. But even so, what you said earlier about conversations, bro, I mean, and I, I'm interested and I'm, I'm going to ask you in terms of your approach to working with different um, different athletes, yeah. but the whole idea of breaking the fake, you know, breaking mm. the shallow convo. I mean, this whole, what we're doing, this podcast started out of me going, bro, I have way too many fake ass conversations with people. How's your yeah. day? How's work? Yeah. How's the family? You really care about Do you work? care? You know, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, it's good that you've got that mindset because you got to, hey, you got to, you got to go deeper oh. than man. The surface. Too many people just use you and ride you until the next best thing comes along. Mm. You know, you got and like Israel will say, you know, clout people, mm. clout trouts and clout chasers, and <laughs> everyone's like, oh, we'll jump on him because he's associated with all these superstars. Oh shit, no, he's got you know associations in big business, multimillionaire. People, I'll jump there. It's like, man, y'all gonna get tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. So for me, I'm like, and I guess growing up in South Africa and being, you have to be so street smart. Mm. And part of growing up is you have to read people, otherwise you'll get chewed up and spat out real quick. Mm. Mm. So for me, it's so easy to read people. Mm. You know, and and I try my best not to be rude, because. Mm. Uh, I'm like, okay, hopefully if, if I do it in a friendly manner, it will be more effective. Because mm. uh, someone might, might be like, oh, okay, that's not good. So when I think I feel someone's being fake, or if I, pe- I feel people just trying to use me or try to jump on my back to get to the person mm. within my circle, I just remove myself from that connection. 100%, yeah. Uh, and when I see you, I will still not be rude. I'll still greet you. I'll still speak to you. Mm. But I know where the conversation stops. Well, your heart's guarded, right? Right. You know what I mean? And if, if, if it's not, then you're going to be, yeah, like you said, swallowed up. Have, have, you, have you had that? Have you noticed that in your life? As, as things have started to accelerate and an and, and arena you're in, you've noticed, you know, people talk about it when you win, when you win, mon- like win money or something, you know, all of a sudden yeah, all your... Everybody blocks. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Like, I, th- I think I'm, I'm going to go back to being able to read people. Uh, that's helped me a lot because I can nip it really quick. So it hasn't got to a point where uh, it got too far in mm. where people just started, you know, vulturing and leeching off you. Uh, but I could see like, okay, I just saw you three months ago. But how come you're being overly friendly with me now? Because you see all this light happening. Yeah. Uh, I just nip it real quick yeah. and keep, like I say, I just keep convos real, real small. Yeah. Um, but again, still doesn't uh, 
stop me from being the person I am that will help someone off the street. Yeah. Uh, whether you've been fake or not, like if you're just in distress, I'm going to help you. Yeah, 100%. Uh, by, by saying I'm guarded and stuff doesn't mean I'm going to be this mean, uh, cruel person. It's just I'm protecting what's mine, but I'm still going to help every single person that I can. Mm. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons. Um, I remember when I was talking to my boy, I was telling you earlier, and I said, um, and I'm getting sons on, he was like, oh, that's mean. And, and and for me, it's like wanting to get to know you, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Getting to know these things. Like we could have led in with how your work's going with Izzy and how your work's going with footy players. But for me, like, yeah, I think you're right. you got to get to the person behind the what. Because eh? people stop at what, and that's it, yep. you know? Yeah, they don't, they don't see... So if you look at a watch and a chronographical watch and you just have a look at it and you see the needles, but you don't know all the dials behind it, mm. all the little clogs and all the stuff working behind. Mm. So uh, I, I, I guess, yeah. But I, like I said, I accept my role. I know my role as a coach. Mm. I always say it. My job is to open the curtain mm. for you. Mm. Not for me to be in front of the curtain in the spotlight. My job is to open the curtain so you can come through. Nobody needs to see me. And I know that's my job. I know that's my role. So I'm happy with it. I don't do this to be in the spotlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I mean, I'm curious as to how that transition happened because I know, as I was saying earlier, my mate who went to the HPC, I think that was that what it was called? HPC? HPC, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where was that? Was that in, up in, what, Birkenhead? Nah. So there was, yeah, so... Uh, Wyro. Oh, ah, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So HPC was when I finished university, I opened that with a friend uh, on the North Shore, and then after four years, I moved to the city, which was HPU already set up in Les Mills. Uh, so I just jumped in there and took all my athletes there, and then yeah, that all closed and stuff. So yeah. So how did that sp- spiral to, I guess, what you are doing now? Because I mean. Like you said, you're just another guy helping other guys and girls out. But how did it spiral to the to the point where you're working with knew, some of these people? I guess I, if we go back to university, I knew what I wanted to do. And like I said, I chased up sports science. And in that last year off university, we were planning of opening a performance gym because there's no real performance gyms. Um, everything's just a commercial type of gym. And yeah. like, oh, let's do this for teams and athletes. So we did that. And and for me, I found that it was going well. And there was a big influx of people trying to get, get me to work with them. Because like I said, I could just see how things should be done because I played all these sports, you know, mm. athletics, football, volleyball, cricket. I understand movement because I'm aware. But now I've got science behind it. I understand it even more. Mm. So I just started applying myself and people just started coming, rolling through and rolling through. Then I went to the city where it was more accessible or I became more accessible. And my work started shining through and, you know, you've you got your top athletes coming through and word of mouth goes from there. And it's, it's just a, it's a spiral and there's a snowball effect from there. And to the point now where I just accompany teams or athletes to that, uh, wherever they are working. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it just was a snowball effect on one person to the next person and obviously performance from it and results. Well, I was about to say, yeah, because you've let, yeah, the results have done the talking, you know. You haven't gone and cushioned up to, to people. You've let your work, sh- you know, do the talking for you, eh? Yeah, 100%. And I've been, like, I, I tell you, I'm a DIY. I do my own marketing. I do everything, you know, my, myself. I'm, I'm learning every day. 
mm. about this whole because there's a business side to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't let it overtake the main goal of Coach Suns, mm. and that's how it's like. I just need to know how to manage Coach Suns because all the spotlights are coming now. I was like, okay, I need to know what I need to shut off, what I need to give. So that's that's the parts. Yeah, you know, learning like okay, just ignore those and you don't need that just you learn yeah because logistically what does it look like for you bro i mean obviously you might you must have some sort of like clientele roster of athletes you're working with whether it be concurrently or in the past or you know however it works for you is it yeah is it just you've got a bunch of names that you're working in different fields or do you is it seasonal with athletes how does it kind of work so, so, so yes there's seasonal mm. and there's full-time uh for example israel's been with me for going eight years now uh, Kai is coming on four or five years now. Mm. Uh, pretty much everyone that works with me stays with me. Yeah. Uh, That's, that a, says something, bro. Yeah. And then you know, I'm not afraid to admit it. Uh, there's a reason they're coming back. Mm. Uh, not just the results that they're getting is because I genuinely care. Mm. Um, like there's a bunch and a lot of people that I train and I take no money from them. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I know they, they cannot afford it. And these are Commonwealth medalists for our country that cannot afford to pay me because they're still trying to make it. Isn't that they nuts, man? That's funding. our country, man, at times, you know? Yep, they don't get funding from uh, whether it's high-performance sport in New Zealand. They don't get carded, but then you get other people that are carded that don't actually take the field or the court or the ring or whatever <laughs> it is. And you're like, oh, this person got a medal but they still not carded and so i got a whole lot of athletes that i trained for free yeah uh, i remember i used to like buy people their training equipment i'd pay for their competitions i'd pay for their national fees entry their accommodation their flights i don't ask anybody i just do it out of whatever money i had mm, mm. Uh, and then i got people that you know helped me like when we went to South Africa for the Commonwealth, like one of the owners from City Kickboxing, Doug Vining, he paid for my whole flight. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, South Africa, and he's and me and him, I see him as a big brother, and I'm like the little brother. Mm. Uh, he's someone who well, I see us the same. Like he'll help anyone from the street. Like he genuinely cares, mm. but don't get on our wrong side in the sense of we'll just immediately shut you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we do things out of the good of our heart and want to put you on your feet. So, yeah, for me, it's seasonal in terms of if they go to their pro club. Once their season finishes, they come to me for their off-season. Each year, we progressively build and work on things because certain things have to change. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, like football club, I've been with Eastern Suburbs now. Five years going six years. Are you with Eastern Suburbs, bro? Yeah. Hey. Uh, I've been there. Yeah, since 2015. Did, was that, um, I could be totally wrong. Is that where Macau was at not, not long yeah, ago? National League, when we won the National yeah, League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're involved then, eh? Nice. Yeah, yeah. I was I was there. Um, Claim it. And then obviously the All Whites, been with them since 2019. Mm. Uh, under that must be an interesting dynamic there, bro, because I mean, oh, I'm big in my football. Um, yeah. But it's we're one of those teams where I know there's was doing quite a bit with the under unders. But it's kind of like once a once every three years we get a game if we're lucky now. You know what I mean? It must be an interesting holding pattern, you know? Yeah, and I think what happened was so before just say before COVID came about, 
In November, we had two games. Mm, that's right. Uh, Ireland and Lithuania. Then there were two games March. So within a space of four months, we had four games. Mm. Uh, we then had, obviously, COVID came through. And then we managed to obviously get in deals with securing Belgium, which was number one in the world, England. Which was such a you know, feat, eh? That was awesome exactly. when we secured so, it. For us, I think it was good. Uh, well, Danny Hay came and got all this stuff done. And I think the new CEO and stuff. So take away COVID, we would have had one, two, three, four, four. We probably had like eight games mm. within the year and a half. So that change was there. Yeah. Just bad time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully <laughs> so, we can regain momentum when the world regains yeah, a bit of normality. And I think, you know, let's... Uh, with the whole vaccine thing and whether that works as a passport um, to negate the whole quarantine because that's a big issue. Mm. Uh, and then the fear of, you know, getting a virus and then taking it back. And if it stops transmission rates, voila. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, that's that's your world at the moment as a, tra- uh, you know, traveling with athletes. Exactly. You know, just control what you can. Yeah. Ignore Ignore all the Facebook, Instagram, Google researchers that actually don't know anything <laughs> yeah. and will be sitting on the toilet and doing research on their phone yeah. and talking out, you know, so yeah. I just, yeah, just take my information from uh, people that I trust within the field. Uh, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's always, just, there's always the latest this and the latest that, but yeah, you've got to yeah. go off what works and no, what, you know. One minute they're telling you, back in the days, they're telling you to eat vegetables only. Then they're coming and telling you eat meat only. Then they're telling you to leave this out and then they leave that out. I'm like, man, how about you just eat food? <laughs> hey, I was gonna, I, that makes me think the, the bane of your existence must be those Netflix docos that pop up once every six months. <laughs> I think, ah, oh, I posted, there was a photo that floated. Uh, yeah. Why? Oh, hold on. I'll find this photo now. It was great. I saw it on like one of these doctors in nutrition. He posted it. Oh, yeah. It was un- unreal scenes. I thought <laughs> it was great. Uh, oh, come on. Where you at? And the best, I think it was like, it said, oh, crap. I stepped on a bit of shit. Yeah. And he picked his feet up to look under it. Yeah. And it said, Netflix. Uh, I think nutrition documentaries and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Oh, man. Because I remember... From people obviously so high up in the nutrition field. Yeah. You've got to you got to laugh. And yeah. like I say, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but then there's a difference between an opinion and a professional opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And well, that, that's interesting because those are worlds colliding in terms of, you know, strength and conditioning mm. and nutrition. Mm-hmm. What is that... What is that kind of coming together like? Because you must work a little bit in both, I guess. Yeah, so like a lot of the guys and teams, etc., they have their nutritionists uh, and they take care of their food side. But then obviously, you know, athletes are inquisitive and they see something posted and they want to be like, oh, this will give me the 0.5% that I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so unless they an athlete that trusts their coaches and the nutrition, the dietitian, put them as a coaching as well. Trust all the people in their circle. They will not worry about something. 
Well, it's interesting you say that because I know you've done some work with Sonny and mm-hmm. like his diet, obviously religious reasons also, but it's completely yeah. different, right? I had a mate of mine that um, played alongside him when he was in Auckland. Yeah. And, um, you know, they would be in the in the cafeteria with their whatever they're eating, but Sonny's meals were always different. The case yeah. in point right there, I mean, if he's one of the, you know, most fit shred athletes I've you know ever witnessed, and just I mean, an absolute beast. But I mean, yeah, Sunny diet's not everything, you know. One of yeah, one of the most talented athletes that I've worked with, purely because when I go back to biomechanics, he's a large human being, mm. but he can move. Mm. So when you see someone that big move so fluidly, you're like, ah, the boy's talented. Yeah, he is really talented, but he's so dedicated to what he does taking care of his body, eating right. Um, it, all, it all shows. This is why they, they pros for 10, 12, 15 years, you know, mm. uh, because they do this and, and they understand their body more than anybody else. Yeah, and I think, because well, here's the thing, bro, and you said it earlier, people are coming to you not just for, you know, what you're providing in terms of skill set and, and all those things, but personality and, and, and approach, right? So when people like, because I know you're working with Izzy and, and a whole bunch of other guys, but when people like Sonny or Quaid come to you mm. or some footballers come to you and say, hey, Suns, can you work with me on this? What's what's your angle? What's your what's your approach when that happens? Because you obviously want to know, oh, well, do they want to know what you think they should work on or is it more them telling you, hey, I want to work on this? Or how does that kind of work? What's that dance? So when people come to me and you know, be the number one athlete in the world, they get treated just like my grassroots athletes in the respect of, okay, tell me what it is you after. What's your goal? Um, I want to be a better athlete and I want to be more sound. I want to be powerful. I want to be faster. All my reactions to be better. And then I just, I just want a routine. So then I come up with a plan. I don't ask them for any specifics. I just tell me the components that right. they feel that they think should should happen. And then I go, okay, let's do this. And then as we train, a week or two goes by, I figure out a pattern and then I go, okay, we know we actually can't do that because you can't do that. Right, let's right. Let's this out first and then we'll get that. And I explain it in that manner. So I'm very simple. My training is very simple and basic. And I always say it's simple and basic does not mean easy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I guess, and I guess too, I remember, as I said, disc golf, all about it at the moment. And I remember I was playing the other day um, with my boys and, oh, I was having a shocker, bro. Absolute shocker. And I remember saying to my mate, and I'm talking like losing it at your disc kind of shocker. You know what I'm saying? That's how you know you've lost, eh? You haven't been beaten by your opponent, you've been beaten by yourself. And I remember saying, this is such a mind game, eh? Like if you lose it in here, you've Mm. lost it with your skill set, you know? But that must apply everywhere, you know? If it, it's everywhere. Like I always tell people, don't panic. Uh, yes, it's easier said than done. But just like bad boys, Ooh, <laughs> you know, just relax. <laughs> Plan out, you know, de-escalate the situation. Yeah, yeah. Control what you can control. Change whatever you feel you need to change, whether it's one step or two steps, yeah. and see what happens. If it didn't work, keep that step, change the next step. Which can't just completely change everything. Mm. It's not an overhaul. You might just need to have to just adjust one thing. Mm. And you can only do this comfortably and confidently if you practice working under pressure. Mm. I love pressure. I love pressure situations. I love 
uh, you know, the tournaments and the tight turnarounds and all of that stuff. So like when we're in PNG with the suburbs in the OFC league and harsh, harsh conditions, um, hostile crowds, you know, yeah. uh, our stadium in our change room, our air conditioner goes off, our lights and power <laughs> goes off. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to think on the spot, uh, you know, everything from your eye spots, the sweating to the drill. You got to take all of those things into consideration you've got a plan that everything is going to go wrong mm. and mm. put things into place mm. that if this goes wrong this is what i'm going to do that's if this goes wrong that's what i'm going to do so you know when it does happen boom done it's all in place yeah go yeah yeah page. go to page three do that <laughs> yeah open the handbook scenario c because i mean mental toughness character development you know you're not just there trying to get athletes to to perform at their peak physically it's all of that what would you say bro to someone coming to you or not even coming to someone listening to this conversation going i need to develop mental toughness and i'm not even necessarily talking the sporting arena bro in terms of you're saying being prepared get ready enjoy working under pressure um, you know, like, and that refining that comes, but the main thing with working under pressure, being mentally tough, is understanding your role in whatever you are doing, understanding the tasks involved in that role, hmm. understanding there's non-negotiables within the, that the, your job at hand. Once you understand these non-negotiables and the roles and your commitment and requirements within what you are doing, what, what, what else is there to, to worry about in regards to, you know, when, when people go, oh, I, I broke down, I can't because my boss was drilling me and stuff. It's because you lost sight of your task at hand, your non-negotiables and everything that's required from you. There's a commitment. Mm. You know, like I always tell my athletes, there's, there's a buy-in from you, there's a buy-in from me. Mm. Right? I can't ask you to give, 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 and I don't give you. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to be accountable. You need to be accountable. So I say when, you know, and I don't, it's a bad example, but if your beloved pet cat passes away, <laughs> yeah. All right. And you turned up to work. All right. You chose to turn up to work. You did that. Yeah. The moment you entered those gates, you did that. You know your roles, you know your non-negotiables, you know your task at hand under your job description. Hmm. Now, if you didn't want to come to work, you just picked up the phone and said, look, my pet's passed away, can I have a few days? You know what? Actually take the whole week off because yeah. you might, you might. I don't think you're going to be productive for what we need at our company or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And... Another way to do it is like, well, okay, you can come to work, but don't do your work. Just come say hello, whatever it is, and go. Mm. But you chose to tell us that so we can then act appropriately. Mm. Mm. But if you don't say anything, and if you don't take care of your boxes, and I'm sorry, be prepared for all the bullets coming at you. Yeah, it's true, man. Exactly. So my thing is I always make sure I tick my boxes. I know what's required from me. I make sure I do it. Once I've done it, I know 
I know nobody can fault me. Yeah. What, you know? what you're talking about is purpose. You know? Mm. you know, your purpose and intentions behind everything you do. Mm. So for me, that mental toughness comes with uh, having order in your life. Mm. If you don't have order, then you, you, that means you don't have control. Yeah. Yeah. And everything, everything starts from above. Yeah, man. Uh, in your head. So, and then obviously I'm using my, my, my childhood and my tough times, which developed the resilience in me. Mm. So my thing is to people that listen to this and they go, and if you're feeling like your, your, your boss, your coach, your partner, somebody is, is being harsh, uh, maybe just step back and see what they're trying to do. Yeah. Whether it's coming from a place of malicious intent and you can understand that situation and go, oh, okay, definitely not malicious intent. They're trying to help me. Yes, you do get people that are just being absolute idiots. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and that's where you just put them in their place. But my thing is take everything in that moment. You know, like when we were going to tell athletes, I'm going to drill you now, but when the session's over, we going to go have dinner together mm. you know it's only for that moment mm. don't it's not it's don't, don't revolve your life around the moment once that moment is finished it's finished mm. you know i have having control of everything and that's where it comes down to controlling everything within your life for me and my uh, lived experiences got me my mental toughness but like i say i, I control everything i do i choose what I do, so I'm ready for any consequence. And those are the key words, intentionality and prioritization, mm-hmm. eh? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 100%. 100%. Yeah, lining your ducks up in a row. Bro, have you ever been? Yeah. Have you ever thought about getting a TED Talk underway, mate? Because <laughs> this is like, oh. like you're, I'm not trying to talk you up or anything, but I'm just saying, bro, like what you're speaking is just dead on, bro. Yeah, yeah. like. <laughs> so many well, when I'm on you know YouTube you end up on so many holes and stuff and you end up in TED Talks and stuff and I go ah oh, I'll say this to myself and one of my athletes <laughs> one, one of my athletes goes sent me a clip of what's it Dave Do- God Do- what's the guy in the States the toughest man the Dave Do- Dobrik or whatever wait hold on I'm not I'm sure t- who you're talking about Nah, I'm, I'm rubbish with names. I'm absolutely bad. Hold on. I'll I'm the same. You. I'll give you a face and I'll say, hey, man. Exactly. But. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, there it is. David Goggins. Oh, yeah? He's an American, ultra marathon runner. He was a Navy SEAL, whatever it is. He's yeah. like this guy that, you know, is about being mentally tough and tough and doing all these things like, bestseller in a book and stuff and a great story or whatever it is and one of my athletes who's moved to Waikato now and she's busy there she sent me a video and she goes ah who's David Goggins we've been hearing this from you for years and years (laughs) ago yeah 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 yeah. I go yeah no no biggie for me like like when people first when he first came out and the book came out and they go oh man you should read this I go oh I'm not interested in that. It doesn't interest me at all. Like, I, I don't need to know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, it's it's, it's it, it like goes right back to that point we first made. And I mean, I remember when I used to um get people. So like, obviously, when I do my my friends on on the podcast, I love it because everyone's journey, whether you've worked with 
you know, where I'm working with musicians, or I'm working with um, coaches, or I'm working with my old mm. mate down the road. You know, everyone's got yeah. a story, right? But I remember mm-hmm. what I used to do, say I knew I was getting you on, I'd go and listen to a podcast that you'd been on. Or, yeah. I, you know, I'd go listen to someone, you know, I didn't, I remember when I first did Michael Campbell, the golfer, and I remember going and listening to two or three interviews he did. Yeah. And then I realized I started to regurgitate other people's questions and re- and kind of, I wasn't being me. I was doing my own, I wasn't doing my own thing. I was kind of trying to fit it in with what I had before. Yeah. Same thing yeah. applies, bro. I mean, if you're, if you're just, you know, going through what other people are saying and doing, which, hey, inspiration comes from that. But you quickly, like 100%. you said at the start, you lose yourself. Hey. Yeah. You can't, you cannot lose yourself and your goal. Hmm. You cannot lose sight of everything. So yes, uh, it's good. I love seeing other people's inspirational stories. Uh, but like certain things, like I say, like don't interest me if I'm not going to watch America's Cup because it doesn't interest me. Mm. Like I'm not, I'm not big in sailing. Yeah. Like great for New Zealand sailing and the country in regards to what it done, but I'm not big on sailing. Mm. It's not something I was brought up doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, not, some people get hurt when you say oh i don't really i don't really care about america's cup like good if we won because i know what the 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 bounce back or the feedback from that is and and the buy-offs and the trade-offs of winning something so major Mm. it's not something i grew up doing yeah (laughs) hard for people to understand like like yo i came from south africa in a place where we didn't have much man yeah 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 (laughs) So you asking me to go worry about these million dollar yachts? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. That's uh, that's that's not my that's my cup of tea either. Sunsbro, honestly, it's been such a dope convo. I mean, I feel like we could go on for hours, legit. <laughs> but um, man, I just wanted to leave you with the last say for someone listening. We've talked about so many things. Um, yeah. I don't know how to how you'd summarize it, but for someone that's you know wanting to strive for greatness. What would, what would you, how would you summarize, bro? For me, strive for greatness is never losing sight of your goal. Understanding that the paths to your goal can change, but you're always going to get there. Your end, your destination never changes. Mm. All right. Your path may change just like a GPS unit. When there's roadworks, it'll reroute, but it'll still take you to the same address. Mm long as you understand that and be true to yourself and believe in yourself the rest the rest is history yeah and that's that's all i've been doing is chasing that end goal of mine i've had a few different uh path chains and my routes have been different you know i have to turn left now instead of going right but i'm never losing sight of what what i want to do and i believe in myself mm. i believe in my abilities and I really don't care what other people think. And, and so should you. Mm. So for me, it's just believe in yourself and just understand that your parts will change, but your destination will never change. That's really good, bro. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, this, this shared successes um, and seeing, seeing where, where the things you, you do and the people you're working with, where that goes. And I'm sure, bro, that it's going to be bigger and, and more exciting than even yeah. you can comprehend, man. <laughs> yeah, nah, I'm looking forward for it and I'm prepped for the ride. Oh, so. my man. Hey, I appreciate your time, bro. Nah, all good, my man.
Well, once again, Sons, thanks, bro, for hopping on and sharing your journey, uh, the things you've learnt, and I don't know about anyone listening, but I definitely walked away challenged, and um, I hope that yeah everyone took something that they can apply, whether that be in their own sport worlds or business or work, education, wherever, whatever realm you're in, there's definitely things that you can take away and apply, and uh, yeah, start to pursue those goals and pursue that purpose. And um, next week, another familiar face hopping on the podcast. And I know that a few of you will be excited to hear once again from one of New Zealand's greatest ever explorers. So stay tuned for that one. Peace.